I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah, on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, story, craft, and shit like that. We haven't heard from Lisa in a minute, but I'm sure she's out there doing her thug thizzle. Uh, we miss you. Hopefully we'll have her back soon. But we got my man in the house. You hear his voice. Chris Derrick in the building. Pretending like he busy on the show. Like he got a job or something. I, you I, know? Have, yeah. I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a small job and a small show. <laughs> <laughs> really small. Yes, Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like everything is actually good. Mm-hmm. You're um, learning a lot. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm learning so much. <clears throat> That's good. Um it's just a lot about like you know like our showrunner is very, um, you know he he he's he keeps a lot of us in the loop and mm-hmm. you know I you don't have to do that, you know I mean particularly like someone who's like story editor at my level you, you don't have to know what's going on but um, but he does. See, I appreciate that especially yeah. coming from yeah you know working on some shit where they're walking off doing their little powwow yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what I, mean, I mean I mean that happens <clears throat> but sure. but everyone is very good to like keep you informed because mm-hmm. you know it's a very tight-knit group and we're doing something that's fairly ambitious story-wise right. and it's just like there's a lot of like political pressure on the show that means that that, you, that just to keep the esprit de corps up everyone's got to be you know um be in it and uh which is good because you know that a lot of it is you know it's like this with everything when you're on the like if you're the origin source of the cre- of the creative process, mm-hmm. so in a movie, if you're like the writer, director, or the director, or in a TV show, if you're on the writing staff, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like it's like you against the world mm-hmm. because everything else is trying to tell you no, we can't do this, or think differently, change, pivot, keep pivoting, keep pivoting, and it's up to you to have a team around you that you know that can do that well and that keeps keeps each other in the best spirits, you know, like there's nobody, you know, they always talk about people who are not cool in the room and mm-hmm. whatever, bad there's always somebody, bad personalities mm-hmm. yep. or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was something like that, like on our show, mm-hmm. it would be, a, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. It would be a nightmare. But there's no one like that on our show. Okay. Like we're all really, really like we have a good team and we okay. keep each other laughing all the time. Well, we sometimes it's not always the room. It could be somewhere in production. It could be somewhere else. You know well, there I mean? is there is yeah, that, but yeah. I'm saying, but it's, but, it's, but you know, look, the thing. This is the thing about this show. It's interesting, and for a lot of people to kind of like. Let me interrupt you and yeah. say this. 
when are you going to be able to fucking tell people when you're on the show? It's been a, it's been months. I think it's crazy. I think it's you know what? I think as soon as the second <laughs> season starts, okay, okay. There's okay. no way to there's, there's no way <clears throat> to hide it then because there'll it. be screen credits, right? <laughs> so, um, but this is the thing, and this is what I think that writers need to think about, right? Is that you? Like, if you're a younger writer, staff writer, story editor, executive story editor. How do you keep coming back on the show? How mm-hmm. do you get that opportunity Let's to, to, to come back? Mm-hmm. And part of it is how are you in the room? You know, and, you know, I was talking with David Goyer early on, you know, like when I first got this job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I just want to, because I was like, how do you um, know, like, I asked him, like, what are some behaviors you've seen? To get called, to get asked back, or to not get asked back, because mm. like you've run a bunch of shows, it's important. you you know, I, I, I can ask you without fear of 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 you censoring yourself because I'm on your staff, right. you know, because maybe if I'm on your staff, you might not tell me things stuff like that. And he said a couple of things. He said, "A, you know, you, you got to realize some writers are really good pitching, mm-hmm. some writers are really good on the page, right. you know. So so he was kind of like, so pick your lane." You know, so, you know, so don't worry about if you don't, because we talked about this before, you come on there and the upper level is like, know how to pitch really well. Mm-hmm. And, and you, all their shit hitting the board. Hitting the board <laughs> exactly. is really good and, mm-hmm. and, and they're fast and mm-hmm. it, this weird kind of like, you know, whatever, camaraderie, not camaraderie, but just, it feels like an improv game, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and so when you're younger, you're not used to doing that and you kind of, and you might, and you might fall into this imposter syndrome of going, I can't do that. Exactly. I don't know how to do that. <clears throat> I don't know how to do that. But that's not why you're there, mm-hmm. you know, because, because they know that you don't know how to pitch and don't know the language of the room or just the language of of TV pitching and and stuff like that and uh, and there's just like that kind of you know like there's this language that they like I, you've heard this on your thing mm-hmm. all the time is that people say pe- people don't say he left hey so the character like left the room they say hey and so the character fucked off exactly. you know they say yeah. shit like that and mm-hmm. you're just like that, but he's not mad like, you know right. you know there's this level of of how the language is and it's and so you know so something else that I think like. Goyer had said, and then I've recently that someone Hines had posted online a couple of months ago. But mm-hmm. he was like, "Make sure that 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 you bring the energy of love in the room, right? Because mm-hmm. you come in there and you bring, and if you could do something to bring a smile to everyone's face, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that makes you valuable to the room Facts. because there's so much intensity on when you're trying to break story. I mean, because 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 we've been on this." Right now, like there's two episodes being broken simultaneously, mm-hmm. and 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 we finished one, and the other one is still <coughs> going, but it's been like three weeks mm. on two episodes, you Oof. know, which is a lot. That's a lot of. It's I'm a, sure it's a lot of rebreaking. It's, re-breaking. it's a lot of brain power, <laughs> you know, and 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 because you know I'm working on one of the episodes, and mm-hmm. every once in a while I'll I'll wander into the, the other room to see what to see because we're because we're writing mine mm-hmm. is to see what see where they are to make right. sure oh like here's some little things we're doing and it's like you know. Um, the story's changing like every three days going there it's like what happened to this that was cool well we're not gonna use that and just like but 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 so but but you gotta but but you gotta come in there and and you have to be able to be uh at least for me mm-hmm. come in there and make it fun you know to bring some levity because mm-hmm. you know 
um, it's not it's not on my responsibility on my shoulders to do the heavy lifting of the show because yeah. I'm just a story editor. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, it's just. It's, but you can bring that energy and smile that keeps keep people flowing all the time, exactly. all the time. <clears throat> that's what I do, you right. know, because you come in there and it's like, you know, because like, you know, because some of the guys in the show have been with my showrunner for for as far as on this other show, mm-hmm. and, and and like, and so they have a shorthand, mm-hmm. you know, and they also kind of see how things work on like that that macro view that no. I think because the hardest thing to do. Or not the hardest thing, but like one of the the muscles you have to build that you never build when you're writing a pilot mm-hmm. or writing a movie is how do you see the macro view of the show? Right. Because you're thinking eight episodes, ten episodes, two mm-hmm. episodes, uh, you have to, and they stop back. Out, okay, what's the macro view for these three, four, five episodes? Right. You never do that on your own because no. you're not because you're not because you're, you're, you're not tasked with coming with that much story. Right. And that's where the upper level writers are actually really, really, really good at because they've been around it for two, three, four seasons to know what that is. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's up to you to kind of like watch that and think about that and be and just soak it up, you know. But don't be worried that you can't do that. Go, hey, you know what? If we change this in episode five, can we do this in episode nine? You know, like, mm-hmm. like you know, like it's gonna pay off there. Like that's like those statements when I, in the first time, first season I was on. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of blew me away. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, how are they doing that? Yeah. And I just realized it was like, because the longer you do it, you sit there with the cards on the board for the season and for the episodes, and you, and you just, and you, and you begin to like pull back and think more macro. I was talking with, um, um, you know, my girl, Angela Allen. <clears throat> we were talking, and on one of her shows, they do 20 beats when they break down. So, like, now she kind of only sees it from that style in the way that they break it down. So she could break down a whole episode in 20 beats and get it, and it all makes sense to her. You know what I mean? But that's the way the rhythm and the style that their showrunners work, work the show. They have these 20 beats, and that's what moves the oh, whole show. Could, like, <clears throat> is she still on SWAT? No. Okay. But that's what that was. Yes, I, I, I was trying yeah, to change. Yeah, but yeah. that show. And yeah, but, uh, but, see, well, okay, but here, here's the thing, though, right? It's like every show does its own thing. Right. You know, because and we'll talk to Aaron when yeah, we have him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't do a certain number of beats. Right. We just do what we think is gonna be. I mean, here's the thing too. It's like so well, it doesn't have to be exactly this many cards and on each. No, no, you know, because no, we'll go, hey, <clears throat> hey, you know what? The teaser is gonna be three pages. Okay. You know, or it's gonna be five, or mm-hmm. it's gonna be one. Right. You depending, depending on like what else we want to say right. in the story. You know, but the main thing that they, that just really interesting is, you know, is like, um, but there is a rhythm. But there, but the thing, but but about that is, there is a rhythm to every episode. Right. There is a rhythm that you have to think about. Again, that's not something that you do when you're breaking your own pilot because you're mm-hmm. not thinking about how's this going to play. Is this the rhythm for every episode later? It's just the way I'm introducing the pilot. Mm-hmm. Is there some some of things you don't know? And that's why you want to be able to like stay on shows mm-hmm. or be instrumental in what's happening and not be. And you can't. I think that the the biggest thing for me is getting out of your own head. Mm. You know, there was a um um there's a book, but it's gonna name uh, Ryan Holiday, mm. and he writes. He he has this podcast called The Daily Stoic, mm-hmm. and he's got a website and stuff like that. But he has a book called um, 
<clears throat> Ego is the Enemy is the name of his book, right? Partly what I was talking to you about. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing is, mm-hmm. part of what was difficult for me when I was on is that you, is, and everyone tells you this, it's not about you, it's about the show. Right. And, there's, and it's like, and not being involved in conversations when I was a staff writer or anything like that would really bother me. Mm-hmm. But, then I, but then I got to that point where I was like, they don't need to tell me. You know, do they, I, mean, I mean, because here's the thing. I can't contribute to the solving the problem because I don't know enough about what's happening. You I had know, to get to that same place. You know, exactly so, so yeah. it, and it's just the ego talking. Yeah. And just, you got to remember, you and I come from a place where we're used to being in charge. So exactly, all of a sudden, exactly. you, it's, don't, it's, you don't have a voice. It's like, wait a minute, y'all don't realize I can help you, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's weird. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the big thing. Right. I mean, and ultimately what I did is, you know, I went to the co-EP and I said, hey, man, um, I said, I said, hey, man, I just want to talk to you about something. I goes, look, because this is a guy who, worked, who when we were breaking season, we were doing season three, mm-hmm. he was giving me some scenes to write, you know, and I was like, and, and he was, and like I said, in the first season, no one really got to read my episode because they were tearing it up, like within, it got, it, right before it even got really, like, vetted by everybody, they were right. tearing it up. Right. And I said to him, I said, hey, man, you've probably read and, and worked with me more, like, one-on-one than anybody else on the staff. Right. So I, I just want to let you know, by the way, this is story coming from my ego. I told him that up front, so we knew I wasn't like whining. Or something. I said, yeah. I said, look, I can be more helpful. I just mm-hmm. I want to do more. Just just let me know if I can do more. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, cool. I, and and then he walked me through about how when he was on the first show, he was on, and he was like, you know, like I felt the same way. And then you get in the room, and then you sit in your office like three, four weeks in a row without doing nothing. Yep. And I'm like, what do you do? And you you're spinning your wheels, and then you begin to spin out. Right. And he was like, I get it, I get it, you know. And it's but but. But it took the humility of me, like, prefacing that conversation. as like, I know this is so in my ego talking. I right. know that. Uh, cause, because That's being in touch with yourself, though. Yeah, That's, and totally. People, and you're being honest, and people accept that. Yeah, yeah. No matter what energy is coming from it, it's right. a real thing. Yeah, right. go ahead. And, I mean, and, I mean, it was helpful. It was helpful because mm-hmm. then after that, you know, two weeks later, it's like I'm giving the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was, it was looking like... The lower level writers like weren't gonna get an episode on right. this next season just because of the, the not because he didn't trust us or anything like this because the speed we were working and the dynamics of it and you know there's just it's just a lot that I feel like you know there's a lot you just have to consider that you and there's still a lot of things that you know not being part of the brain trust because I haven't been with my boss for so long you know he's not gonna tell me you know there's also there's also um What's the word I want to use? Where an order of pecking order of the way that things are supposed to do go and move in a right. room anyway. The hierarchy, the hierarchy. The hierarchy, that's the word. And so so they wouldn't have went with you to fix or write something in general. Right. That there's a reason they have their number twos and all that. Exactly. They got to go there the first. And if they can't do it, then they go to the producers. Yeah. And if they can't do it, right. and it works its way down. But I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really good point that I think every staff writer, for the most part, goes through that moment of God, I'm just sitting here in my office and like we haven't done anything. We're in the room, you know, in, in, in the writer's room, you know, and I'm just kind of sitting there like they're just talking about stuff that I got nothing to do with or whatever. And there's a like a whole week went by, two weeks went by. I didn't do anything. And you feel it runs on that imposter syndrome moment, but I love that you said it also runs in that ego thing. It's I so totally ego. agree. It's totally so agree with ego that. because <clears throat> Even if you weren't like you know you know like me and you where, where we had like like the the step the the, co- the like 
the other girl who's a story editor on my show, mm-hmm. like I said, she's like in her early 20s, mid-20s. She had worked at the production company for a year, and then she um, was, was the she's the path that everyone expects, right? She was a writer's assistant. They mm-hmm. moved her up to the staff writer for season two. Now she's a story for season three. Blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know any different about what it means to be like directing a project or right. a producer on a project. Right. She's never done it. Mm-hmm. So she's, so she's like very comfortable <laughs> with like, you give me stuff to do, give me stuff to do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, like, as opposed to, oh, so I'm not getting stuff. Right. You know, and there's a bit of, bit, mm-hmm. bit of a difference and I just could like kind of see how she was responding to things and I was like, I know it's because she's never, she's not had to be responsible. And and again, that's I guess the ego thing. And depending on on where you are in your career, what you've done, or even if you've started another career and you're switching into this, where you probably reached a, a high point. Mm-hmm. Like who's that we had in the show? Remember that one time we wrote, she writes on like the Black Girl Sketch Show? Oh, yeah. Her name, like, mm-hmm. like like she was a an attorney, wasn't she? Before right. she came out here, mm-hmm. and she wasn't like if she remember she was saying she's about to make partner. That she yeah. said no, no, no. Yeah. If you're about to make partner, then you've been Akila. Akila. yeah. Then you've yeah. been at the law firm. Or you've been in the law profession for a minute, you know, at least at least five yep. years, yep. six, seven, maybe ten, yep. and to go back and say start now at the beginning mm-hmm. again as like a law clerk. Yep. That is that's very similar. It's very yes. similar. It's like yes. what's going on here yes. because you know. So mm-hmm. it's just like the the you had to check yourself because it's. I mean, there's so much of it that is about that and it's not out of your control. And I mean, to me, like you know, I still feel antsy about things from time to time because. Sure. That's normal. You know the stuff that happens on set, and you're not there, and you want to know. I mean, it's just there's lots of this curiosity. You you, know? you you said something really interesting that I know we've talked about on this show. You and I, Lisa, you know Tracy, whoever's been on this show, Linnell, fucking um, Jeff, Paul. The thing that we've talked about a lot on this show is exactly what you're talking about: the path to staff. Right? Here's the interesting thing. Our path to staff is we were working in the indie world forever. At the top of our game, doing our shit, though. You know what I mean? We learned a lot. We know how to run stuff. We know how to do all that, produce, direct, blah, blah, blah. The mistake is, because you came in on a lower level, that you came in pretty much like your other story editor did. They think that. And they don't quite realize that... Minus the amount of money and the budgets and stuff we've done, we're pretty much doing kind of the similar thing you're doing minus some other, you know, fast turnover and more people and all that other bullshit that's going on. And that, to me, is the biggest misunderstanding that I think. Well, it's a huge misunderstanding, but the thing that, like, you know, I, I, um, because, okay, because the co-EP when I was talking about stuff, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, it came kind of to be like a... It came to be kind of like a running joke because, um, you know, sometimes sometimes I was taking calls or mm-hmm. you know, and 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 they were cool with it. They're like, hey, I got to take a call. They go go ahead, come on, blah. And and they would ask me like who the call was, mm. you know, or or like hey, this weekend what you do, blah. blah, blah. And I was like, they and, thought you were trying to leave. Well, they? not that I was not, no, not that I was trying <clears> to leave, but but like I would mention some of these upper level people that I know. Right. Oh, so and so and I were talking about doing something. They were like, oh, you know, so and so. Oh, and then it was exactly. like you know, f- like maybe f- five or six top people. I was I was working on, them, and they were like, well, "Who do you see you?" And it just became this thing. Mm-hmm. And and I said to the co-EP, I said, "Look, man, these people that I'm mentioning to you that you guys are always joking me about in the room, I'm not saying their names like they're just friends of mine. They right. are friends of mine, but they're people who are trying to work on stuff together. Mm-hmm. So I just I'm telling you that because it's like 
you know, I have earned their respect as a creative. I just want to let you know, this is why I believe you could feel like you could give me more because, right. you know, and it's, it's kind of like, and it's, it's, it's like anecdotal, mm-hmm. but what I realized is it's a trust thing, right? Right. And it's the whole <clears> thing <throat> is, is like, it doesn't matter what you've done for somebody else. Unless it's some, you know, like some major thing, like you're mm-hmm. some main, main known person, yeah. is that they don't trust you in terms of can you deliver when the fire's on? Because they've never had to rely on you to do that. Right. And the fear is... And they don't realize the fires we come from. Yeah, yeah, well, they <laughs> with, don't. With the shit they we don't, do. but exactly. the, the fear is... Are you not going to deliver mm-hmm. when I need it? Right. Because my boss is telling me that his partner on his previous show kind of had a meltdown. Mm. So the guy that he created the show with and had been doing other stuff with and been his writing partner for a long time, like once they got the showrunner level, mm-hmm. this is the guy he thinks he can trust. He believes, he, he knows he can trust. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle's roommates and shit and everything like that, he has a meltdown. Mm. And it's like, and now I don't trust like someone I thought I could trust. Mm. So now it puts you on a level of like, okay, I gotta like be, I gotta tighten the wagons. I can mm-hmm. only trust people who've, That's a good point. who have actually been to battle with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that's where, you know, and and that's where I look at it, it's like, oh, the experience I have, y- you know, you might v- like recognize this value, mm-hmm. so you might give me. So you might give me more the benefit of the doubt, but you still are wondering. But 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 you haven't been to battle with me yet. Mm. You haven't been, and I need. It's to a very know, good point. I need to know if that. You, this reminds me of even when we were working on Ticker. If you notice, I would I would watch you sitting there quietly, and I would sit, and everybody would start. And I said, Chris, what do you think? Because I'm waiting for your ultimate opinion, not only as the director, right? But experience-wise, right. I know that you know. So I'm. So I usually, you notice, I always yeah. chime in and go, yeah, that's all cute. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I really did. I'm going to be honest with you. Right. And the inter- here's an interesting thing. Though. I'm, uh, this is a fascinating conversation. A lot of people are like, wow, I never heard some of this shit. Here's an interesting thing. Um, usually when you go on a show, they say, and they probably did in your room, there's no hierarchy. Right. They tell you the bullshit. Right. There's no everybody's just equal in this room. Just pitch and do your thing and do your work and blah, 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 blah. But in what you're just saying right there with that trust thing, it still is a reminder to the showrunner. Well, I know I said everybody is whatever, but who I need in a crunch is going to be number two, (laughs) you know, the the supervising, the consulting, whoever. They're still going to go in that pecking order type of thing that the way they have it, the hierarchy type of thing, it seems like it almost automatically they assume because you came in the room as a co-EP that you know certain stuff. Well, yes. and I, I, I mean, and that's true. I mean, you know, this is the thing about it too though, right? So, our second, so now in season three, mm-hmm. like, so my boss, he brings in 
a co-EP who worked on with him on his previous show mm-hmm. who was not with us on the, the on season two. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's only on our show because he just signed a deal at the network as an overall. Okay. And he's like, oh, and, and, and his project wasn't going. So they were like, hey, <coughs> can we put you on a show? Right. What show? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's my boy, blah, blah, blah. Come on. So it's like, the thing is, is that in our room, Mm-hmm. When we're actually like pitching, breaking strip pitching like that, there is no hierarchy because anybody can say anything at any time. Sure, and, I believe and, that. And, and anybody can cut anybody off at any time, <laughs> you know, except for the server. You're not going right. to cut him off. Um, but which, which I think is great because you get the because you get the look. There's all, there's the stories. Yeah, there's about, a room dynamic. There's the dynamics. Yeah. Some people are like if you're the story editor mm-hmm. or if, if, like if you're one of the staff writer, story editor, executive story editor. You can't be over talking people. Yeah. You can't be hogging the room and blah blah blah. And um, that's not the case on our show. Yeah. But I realize it's like because he just because he's truly like I just need the good shit. I really I don't care who it, who who says it. I need to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, granted, when you know when he's coming in the room because because he's, he's not there a lot. You know, he'll come Most in. Most showrunners are. Yeah, he'll <laughs> yeah. come in there and say, "Hey." <laughs> Especially once you guys are in production. Yeah, he's like, hey, so 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 now what do you have for me? Right. And then it's usually one of co EPs who's just, just going to run it down. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's well, yeah, on the board, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, the guys who worked with him on his previous show, so they know what that is. Right. Um, but, but every once in a while, but, 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 but he'll let, the, you know, like me and like the other story editor kind of mm-hmm. pitch out stuff, you know, if it's an idea that we came up with or mm-hmm. if there's an alt for something. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, what do you think? And then you know, so, but it's all these things against the room dynamics. It's who you have as the boss, and the culture, um, yeah, and the all culture. That. I mean, mm-hmm. look, they talk about they had been on other shows and <laughs> show owners an asshole. I know it's one guy. I'm gonna say, if I say, everyone can figure it out. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just like an asshole guy, and it's like, you know, it's just. You have to be able to navigate what your room is, and and my, my, but and be, and then be able to be that person that they like having around, right. you know. And and they like having you around can be the three things we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I'm I'm great on the page, mm-hmm. I'm great on the pitch, and I like you know like and I just I spread joy when I come to the room. So now, granted, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Right. You know, I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, they could be, mm-hmm. but you should say to yourself, "What am I really good at?" Yeah. Or, or, and and then, if I'm if I'm really good at the page, then you need to work at being really good in the room, you know, and and work at spreading the joy because mm-hmm. most most people most people don't think to do that, yeah. you know. Um, just but, don't. It, but it's funny you say that because <clears throat> you know younger writers and or writers who get their first opportunities, whether they're older or younger, or whatever. Ask me all the time, like about that. Did you get that off? I'm sorry. I just realized it's on. My apologies. Um, but they hit me all the time about, you know, what the bottom right. There you go. About when they get into a room, you know, how often should they talk? You know, we've talked about this before. And my thing is this that first week, which we talked about many times, and you talked about what you did on your show, and we can get into that, is. Even if you are somebody who doesn't have a big voice, what you should be doing, instead of just sitting there quietly, you should be observing. So one of the things that I did that first week was observe how everybody was pitching. And I'd be taking down notes going, oh, 
they always do it from this point of view, you know? And then the one, there's always one with the biggest voice. You know, we had this one co-EP who came from comedy. Every time she would talk, she would make, you know, she would tell some funny story or whatever about, and she was hilarious, you know, by the way she would do her, her things. And I'll never forget when I finally jumped in, we were just all talking one day and I told him this story about, you know, back during my gang banging days or whatever. And, um, and I was crying, tell him the story, and eventually that became the 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 way we everybody wanted to pitch. And what 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 where I was going with that was take your time in that first week, and you could say your point that you have to watch whatever people are doing. And we are mimics by nature, you know what I mean? Like most people, a lot of people still write spec scripts and all that. You're mimicking that voice. So it's the same thing in the room. You can start to mimic, oh, I like how the showrunner, whenever he pitches, he does this. Or whenever the co-EP does that, she always or he always does this thing. And then you start, when you do your pitches, you just start adding to that rhythm of how they do it. And you start getting excited about how you can pitch. And it, and it sounds better. It works better. You All of a sudden, you'll see the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. I mean, look, look, you're right. It's like you said the culture, the dynamics. It's like you see how the people, you have to figure out what they're saying because it's it's it, it's it becomes like the lingua franca of the room. Right. And can you speak the language of the room? If you can't, then they're less inclined to bring you back because like he's not learning. Right. She's not learning. Why she can't, this is how they pitch. I mean, look, I'm still not the guy who comes in and can like pitch out the huge idea really fast, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I'm a moments person. You know, yeah. I, I just see, so like, well, we're stuck in this room and whatever. I'm like, oh, you got to add that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I do that all <laughs> yeah. the time because th- that's the one thing. Yeah. Because from, from writing movies, you think that way. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, here's the big idea of why, like, how do I like turn this scene? Like, how do mm-hmm. I turn this scene into one little, little element? Yeah. Um, you know, like the one thing that they do a lot in television that is inherent in movies, but it's it's more apparent in television is you just think about what the emotional turns are. Mm-hmm. You know, like really, really what the emotional turns are. Because it's all about the characters. It's all about the characters right. and, and what their move and what those moves are. Not to say it's not in a movie because it's sure. it is, but it's because it's a closed loop story. You don't have to. I mean, like you kind of know what the big mo- mm-hmm. moves. I mean, they're kind of like inherent. Like everyone's like, oh, the whatever, like the Black Sunday, like Dark Knight of the Soul. Like right. those things are always there. That if you establish your character in the beginning right, then you, you, then you're gonna move them this way. Right. But you don't have that luxury of like, you know, this is this is, this is how you tell a story in, you know, the TV. You know, because we we were talking we were talking about. You know, like format breaker episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, like how they did in Watchmen, and they do it in a lot of shows. They they break format, and it's like if you break format, then you don't know what the then you. That's again where it's like, well, the then the emotional spikes you wanted that you thought you're gonna do every time are gonna be different. It's now. like taking you out of the the movie or the the, the show. You yeah. know, when you do it, so it's got to be very specific. Very specific. Yeah. But it's like, but but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean. You know, part of what we do a lot again in terms of like what the room culture is, is is that like we'll talk about a moment from a movie, mm-hmm. and we'll just mention, hey, so th- there's the crimson tide of this, and th- and then it's like so so therefore you have to know a lot of movies, right. but that's the thing that again allows you to which be which works to your benefit, yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which 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 which, uh, but that's the thing again about like because because part of what happened to me when I was on the show first season was. 
there wasn't a lot of white people that I could ask about how it is to be a staff writer. Because mm. I don't know a lot of like younger white staff That's writers. That's a really good point. You know, I don't know that That's many. a really good the point. Yeah. one who are white yeah. are upper levels. <laughs> and do they remember? <laughs> the ones that you do know, do they remember back when no, they were they, No, I mean, some people do, but some people don't. But the, <laughs> so there's that. And then the black, the black people I know, you know, like they run the gamut of like, you know, they've reprinted staff writer a mm-hmm. bunch of times. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But I was worried about coming back and blah, blah, blah. And I realized that it was like, oh, to be able to talk in, to, to be able to reference it out in a way that makes the showrunner feel comfortable mm-hmm. is not just the showrunner because you know you got to make all the upper levels feel comfortable because they're probably having a conversation. Right. Hey, so how was Chris? Because the showrunner's not oh, in the room. Oh, they're talking about Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the showrunner's not in the room all the time. Right. They, they want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, so we bring him back. Do we not, should we bring her back? Mm-hmm. That's the deal, you know? So you have to be able to, like, be, to, to, ha- to know how to have a conversation that makes sense to them. And it's, and it's a little narcissistic in a way for them because you're, you're feeding them what they're doing. Right. But again, it's like I said, it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's about, it's about trying to make them feel comfortable with you. Right. you know? and, and then once they're comfortable with you, then you can be more free. You know, but that's us- but that's how I, but that's how I am now, mm-hmm. second season, story editor. Like I wasn't that way. You know, mm-hmm. first season because I was like, I'm like trying to figure everything out. You right. know, now that I'm has what? Let me ask you this: What? And I want to get into what, what you were talking about a moment ago because one of the things I want to talk to you about is my dilemma mm-hmm. that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. and you you know what I'm talking about is um uh uh fuck what I was just about to ask you. God damn it! You just had it. Oh, what changed from being on Zoom to you guys? being at the offices and sometimes meeting in the room and like how did that change the dynamic for you as a writer in the room well <clears throat> when i when we first started on back in when we first started up at the the the, the offices in person mm-hmm. we were so deep into season 2 there, there was no breaking of the season really it was all mm-hmm. done already when we were like repairing stuff okay. so we were meeting to repair and we were, and, and we actually weren't even meeting in the room. We were just like in the offices and hanging out mm-hmm. and talking. And it was interesting. But now you got to put a face on everybody you, you saw on Zoom. You got to put a face. You know, first came in there. I was like, oh, you're tall. And I thought, right. hey, you're sort of, you know, because <laughs> you don't know about any of that, you right, know. Right. Um, um, and you just, and it, to me, it was just like being able to like talk with them without, because what happens when you're on Zoom is, at least for us, mm-hmm. it was very much, business only no mm. chit chatting around no cracking jokes mm. no none of this you know waiting none of that because it's just like I, I, I can't I mean I don't know what it is mm. I mean because my experience was is for me is we were new so if you're on a new show or a new season then how do you get to hang, meet everyone and like, hey, so how do you like your coffee? Or, right. you know, oh, so this would you like to eat food? Why? Right. All this kind of stuff you do when you're just hanging around someone that's like, the thing that builds the <coughs> tissue of someone, a yeah. relationship with someone, doesn't happen when you're just l- looking at their face talking totally. about the job. Completely you know? different. So There's something about that room when they're bringing in snacks or you see them what kind of coffee they're food, drinking. Hey, the, what do you want? Hey, yeah. people are buying you coffee, yeah. everything like that. You're sitting about a coffee machine like talking. Yeah. And going just, for a walk. Go, you know, just, well, we can't walk where we are because it's too hot, but um, <laughs> it's, it's like 105 degrees Jesus usually. Um, but, but but there are sometimes that we, when it was cool, sometimes we go and do walks yeah, right. and just talk about stuff and, and not even talk about business, just talk about yeah. other shit, you yeah. know? 
uh, that you can't do on the Zoom. And um, it's just like having a conversation with your with like if you have a conversation that you've never met before on mm-hmm. Zoom, and you try to and and you and you try to not t- talk about anything. Right. It's like kind of weird, totally. You know, because mm-hmm. because even if you like having a date on Zoom like that, there's still like a design for that interaction. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I, 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 are we cool? Do you like the same thing? So blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. But but and you're like, does he look good? Does he look good? Whatever the whatever you're trying to do anything on Zoom, we just hang out with someone. Just like, hey, so last night, what did you do? Right. You know, uh, just that. Mm-hmm. But in person, it's like you know. It also it goes back to my whole thing about what I always say about going to the movies mm. is that when you're when we're not talking about this, the thing, mm-hmm. there's a or if we're in between a lull and someone makes a story, it's like and then someone laughs or everyone's laughing, mm-hmm. it feels more alive. When you're in, in in the same space with someone, like, you know, it's like I say this all the time. Like you, you go to the movies, you see a comedy, you see a horror film, whatever yep. it is, you see a drama, and and, and people's energy. That's exactly what it the is. emotion that they're they have. I'm laughing. I'm crying. I'm scared. It emanates off their body. It makes you enjoy it, it more makes you too. Enjoy it more. It's like I'm one of these type of people. You know, when when you can go to theater, I go to a lot of plays and stuff and musicals to see my friends and shows or whatever. And I'm always the one purposely laughing louder or clapping louder at something or hoo 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 and whatever it is because I know what it's like to be on the stage. And so I feel the actors feeding off of that. And what I'm telling the audience is this is okay to do that. Right. And you get the same thing, like you said, when you go to the movies and it's a great comedy and everybody, the roar of the crowd is, is laughing and you feel that moment. That's, that's part of the engagement too. That's, it's totally, that's it's, I mean, look, I'm like, like I'll never forget. I, I've, I've only, I've only seen this once when I went to a movie, mm-hmm. but I remember when I first saw Schindler's List, it's like on Christmas Day, and you know I went with my brother Alex, and we mm-hmm. went to like some afternoon show, and it was like, and I and and you know the audience is all Jewish people because yeah. it's Christmas Day, and it was packed theater in Cleveland, and when that movie's, you know, at the end like they leave the black and white story and they're back in the modern days showing right, you right, the right. Shin the Jews, <laughs> and then the credits begin to roll. The audience and the was rocks, so the yeah. <laughs> the audience was so quiet. Mm. The credits are rolling now. Nobody's moving. Mm. Nobody is fucking moving. And I was like, I got to take a piss. <laughs> but no one's moving. Right. You know. And, and to me, like, I kind of love to sit close to the screen, not super, mm-hmm. but like maybe eight rows back. And it's like, and in the middle, it's like I got to get up now and walk up and leave. <laughs> you gonna be that one but, door? But you know, but but I sat there and waited till the yeah. credits over, and then and then credits are over, and the audience is still not moving because mm-hmm. it was so moving right. to these people. Mm-hmm. And these people, these you know, obviously the audience, obviously there's a lot of Jewish people there. Probably I think it's all Jewish people probably. And a lot, and they. This was a '93. You know, they're either Holocaust survivors, or they're people who left Europe during the Holocaust, mm-hmm. or their parents are died in the Holocaust. Yeah, they but know the stories. That's that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the impact of that was amazing. Yeah. And every other time I've seen that movie, I haven't had that because I've only seen it on video. Mm. You know, 
And it's like, yeah, yeah, like you're not going to get that. Interesting. And that's the thing you get when when you're in the room in, in person is that there's a level of energy. Because like, cause, cause like there's been stuff pitched. I remember just the other day we were pitching something and it's like the way – that my boss is pitching this moment mm-hmm. to kind of like wrap up some wrap up a big there's, there's a big character moment mm-hmm. it's like I'm feeling like about to tear up yeah because I, I, it's like, cause it's like, I can see what's happening like mm-hmm. like I can see this moment I know what the actors are going to do I know how it's going to look when they film this. I know mm-hmm. gonna, the camera's going to push this. you can see it all when he was telling the story mm-hmm. and it's like I don't think you'd get that if you were if I was telling you on Zoom Mm. Because there's just like you know, because like everyone's quiet and listening, right? You know, like there's they a gather fo- around the campfire and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. campfire shit. <clears throat> it's not there on Zoom, and mm-hmm. I know some people love Zoom stuff because it allows you, it. you know, to do this <laughs> and people from all, you know, and then people from you hire people from any one world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's okay for maybe certain shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's okay for our show with our group with the story we're trying to tell. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah. So I have a little bit of dilemma I want to talk about. And <clears throat> the re- I just want to preface this by saying the reason why I, you guys know me, I, I, I just keep it real with you. I'll tell you what's going on <clears throat> out there. And somebody else might be in my same predicament, which is why I feel like I want to talk about this right now. So there's, there's a thing that happens. You get on staff. You either keep going on staff or you start doing what I did and you just start developing shows for producers and whatever. <clears throat> well, when you finally decide you're ready, to, you're ready to get back to getting back to staff, there's a whole, how long have you been gone lull that's happened? Right. And well, what the hell have you been doing? Right. That's happened. Right. Right. And so despite, no matter how big of a producer I developed the project for, that doesn't necessarily go on your resume because it's not a project that ever got made. Right. So to speak, if you know where I'm going. I know exactly where you're <clears throat> And so you have to just talk about how you've been in development with the hopes that things were going to do this or this or this. And now you're back at that same level you left at three years ago. You know what I mean? And that is the problem that I'm having because you were talking about ego. So I had to have a long sit-down talk with my reps and my agent, my manager, Pamela, everybody. And they're like, look, I just got to keep it real with y'all. I got to go back. I'm burnt. I'm tired. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is killing me right now. You know, I'm getting pressure from the hubby to move back to to Scottsdale. That's why we're there every fucking month. Um, You know, um, you know, I'm the one paying this fucking rent here. You know, so it's just a lot of pressure on me, right? My birthday's tomorrow. It's like all this shit's going on. So, you know, you start to go, what have I done? And what haven't I done? And blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, okay, it's time to get back. I, I just got to suck that shit up and go back to doing what I can. And so, you know, my agent, you know, sent me the, the grid and I went through it and was like, here's who I know. Here's why I'd be good on the show, all that other bullshit. And, you know... You and I have been talking about it, you know, so I've been reaching out to some of my other showrunner friends and, you know, let them know, hey, I'm back, <laughs> you know what I mean, back in the game. And <clears throat> so that's been interesting. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it yet. I've, I'm still mentally like in the middle 
of accepting the fact that I'm even willing to do this right now because I've actually had opportunities, you know, where people are like, dude, you'd be great on this show. And I'm like, I ain't even trying to, I'm trying to sell a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mean, look, this, this, this we talked about this briefly yeah. a couple of weeks ago, but it's, it's like this. And I've seen this, you know, because like part of what I do is I do a lot of, um, I, I, I like to look at patterns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, I, you know, like, you know, for the last couple, three, four years, I've been really trying to be able to direct an episode of television. Right. And the hardest thing that I've seen, and, and looking at the pattern of things, mm-hmm. I would say, as hard as it is to direct an episode of television, the pattern usually is, a, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can, like, you can come from another department, an editor or cinematographer, right. you've done that for a while, on, on television mm-hmm. and moving to directing. Right. But you gotta ask somebody, Who's gonna ask your showrunner? I want to do this or first AD. Right. Like those are the three paths. Like my buddy Jacob Pinger wrote this book called um, "So You Want to Direct," mm-hmm. and it was it was about sixteen people they interviewed, and it was one actress. It was like um, Zoe Lister Jones, and mm-hmm. she was like, "I want to direct." She's on a show. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy. <coughs> At a certain point, you said, "Showrunner, I want to direct an episode," and right. they'll give it to you. If you've been on for a while, mm-hmm. she's regular. The other was this thing, but the th- the main thing was most most people, most directors who get in television, if you is that they if you if you go back and look at their IMDb, you go all the way back to their first their first episode of television. Right before that, they did a movie. Right, right before that, they probably did four or five shorts. Mm-hmm. Then there was like a year, like two or three years off, and then boom, there's their movie. Right. And the movie was some movie that you probably never heard of. Mm-hmm. Didn't do well, mm-hmm. it, it or whatever it is, but right. it was enough to say I've done it. And then two years later, they're directing television. Right. There's a few people like Erica Watson, but it was their sample. Yeah, it was their yeah. sample. Like Erica Watson, yeah. a couple other people I know who have not done features, right. only did shorts, and, like, only did shorts, right. and you know. And she, but she got in all the right programs she, too. She she got in all the right programs and everything like that, and and you know, and it also. It's. I mean, I'm not taking away from this because it was, it was necessary, but it's like you know. She, but she got into that Ryan Murphy camp, where Ryan Murphy was looking to give women and people of color, no, it was, it was primarily women, right. shots directing right. and being a woman of color, and it, you know, it hits two things for him, and then from there he was kind of she's off to the off to the races. Yep. Not taking anything from her talent because she's super talented, yep. but the whole thing is it's a possible luck situation. If it wasn't for timing, me, it, it, like if it wasn't for <laughs> me too happening. Mm-hmm. You know, because 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 in the wake of that, that's when Ryan put up his thing. If that didn't happen, well, I'm not sure what her pathway would be because right. you almost have to do a movie. Right. You know, that's that point. And the th- so I bring on this up because it's like, you know, I sit. It's 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 like, what is the pathway that you got to do? And I looked at people who uh, directed movies. I mean, there's a couple of people. There's a couple of people I've seen that it's like you direct. Uh, it's like you write on a show right. and then you do something big as a movie or you'd be directing stuff. Like the woman who is writing the Blade movie mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. she wrote on Watchmen. Right. And Watchmen was, I think, her first thing. She came as a playwright, did right. that, and then boom, she's doing a big movie. Right. And it's like, oh, and it's like, you know what? There's patterns of that. And it's like the pattern, my thing is it's the pattern. So it's like, you got to look. You have to go back and look at people's work, and see what they did. If they took, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Of someone you should talk to. Okay. 
Mark Bernardin. Okay. Bernard. Uh, Mark Bernardin is because um, <coughs> he's someone you know that you can reach out to on the email. Um, I think I do know Mark Bernardin. Yeah, you might know him, but here's the thing: he wrote on a show called Alphas in like 2010. I think it was um, staff writer maybe or something like that on Alphas, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't have a job again until at least accredited job on IMDb till like 2017. Mm. You know, so I'm like, you went seven years without a job, but wow. he but he came back as like supervising producer or co-producer. Like he came back and jumped a bunch of levels. Did he make a movie or something? He what didn't do I? anything. Huh. But 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 he had a but he had a podcast about meeting. Like he, I mean, I'm not. I'm see, I, he's, I see someone who I know is like breaking the pattern. Mm. So he's someone you talk to because. He might have been, I think he was writing comics, and there's like, so there's these other paths that he, he haven't been in it for a while, you know, and the thing is, he might have sold some things. I, I, I'm, not really, I'm not really sure, yeah. but you have to say, what do I do to restart what I'm doing? And I could come back, I mean, it's probably that he sold some things, and then that didn't get made. But even if you, if you sell something, and... Maybe you know, and then people know you. People at the studio and everything like that know you, and they can recommend you at the level they want. If you haven't sold anything, then you got to say to yourself, "I know. Look, I have the credit at this job. Can I do it again? Like, like bring me back. Does that make me feel like I'm like like repeating something after a after a couple years out? Well, of course you're gonna feel that way because you actually are. The only difference is. I would look at it like this. I would look at it as like, and you know how in college sports they do you be you be a redshirted freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I would look at it as like, okay, so my time in deadly class was like me being like a redshirted freshman, but I got hurt in my final in my final <laughs> exactly. game. You know, that's and so, funny. That's okay, funny. and so now I got to rehab <clears throat> and come back after after I couldn't play for a year or two. Right. And now, I mean, and it's like, That's a good you know, and then yeah. people could say, well, you've done it right. and you survived on a show. So you know what this means. And you're not back because that show didn't keep going. And those show runners and everyone involved on the upper level haven't done anything else either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's not worse. And, you know, and those guys, you know, um, um, I don't think that they're part of like the. They can't be part of the TV family. Hmm. Because I say that because it's like they haven't worked on a lot of shows. They haven't worked for a lot of people. That people, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't know them well enough to be able to say, "Hey, someone, yeah, hey, so, come run the hey, show." You know, "Hey, come run the show," <clears throat> yeah. or "Oh, you're great," or his word can mean a lot. Like mm-hmm. the guy on my show who's at like the co-EP, yeah. like he's worked on a bunch of shows. Right. So, so if he knows someone at another show, who's maybe number two, blah blah, blah then it's like, "Hey," and I, I want to work. There. I say, "Hey, can you talk to someone?" So, you know, there's that, there's that way you can work that. They yeah. haven't, from 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 what I know. And it's not to take away from them because I, I like those guys. Mm-hmm. They're not part of the family like that. You know, they've been at the table, mm-hmm. but they don't have like this weird. But that 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 symbiosis of being in it. So that kind of works against you. That doesn't work against you, but it's but but that's not a. Um, it's not Mick, but yeah. yeah but it, yeah. It, it can't help you. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> as, as, as much as you want, if you have a job. So to me, it's like you got to go. And say, okay, where are the jobs that I can't get? Ask these people, you know, and suck. The thing, but I say the, the, redshirt, the redshirt freshman thing, I, my analogy is when you come back 
and now you're like the true freshman. Mm -hmm. You're not the true freshman. You're because you've played before. Right. So you have all this experience that you can bring that, you know, that at that level of uh, well, this is what the, we're expecting. Now, there is going to be that hurdle of the language. I mean, like in the meeting with the showrunners, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, and honestly, to me, it's all about being authentic with them. Say, hey, I'll send them a bunch of movies and develop some TV shows of my own. And, you know, I mean, I had. Three options during that time. No, so I mean, no, no, I mean, there's, I mean, no there's all. The, I mean, so mm -hmm. there's. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But but you. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I think that you lay that out with them, and you say, you know what, and that's just that just got away from me right. from the time, you know, because the one thing that I, the one thing that I realized is this is a conversation that we just had yesterday with my boss. It's mm -hmm. like something came up in the room, and and uh, and he was like, oh yeah, if you remember, that that's something you told me when we first met. Hmm. You know, like like do my interview with him. Mm -hmm. I sent something to him, and 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 he remembered it. Hmm. You know, this is so. This is now like what I was a, a, eleven months later. Wow, he's remembering like one specific point that I said. You know, uh, I mean, now granted, it was a grandiose thing, but he, mm -hmm. but everything else was going on in the fucking mm -hmm. his life and everything mm -hmm. else. So it's like that's where you got to be able to like. If, for me, it's like exp explain to them, talk to them about like what's happened, and then. Again. I also have to shift the way I pitch myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was pitching myself as, you know, I'm a producer. And yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. I'm like, now, so, I'm like, give me the job. So, so, I'm I mean, just Because see, look, because to me, you can yeah. say, hey, you can bring me in as a staff writer or you can bring me in as story editor. Here's why I think it'd be good as a story editor. If it, if it doesn't fit in your budget, this is why I'd be great as a staff writer. I know the layout. Mm -hmm. You don't need to teach me about anything. I know you say, "Hey, I need to, you know, like I, I, I um I need to know how your culture works, but I know how the culture of a TV room works." Right. Because like, you know, I was cuz my, my you know, cuz Joe Wilson was trying to get me a job on the Equalizer right. first season. Mm -hmm. And then he came back to me and told me that the showrunners were like I don't want someone who's got no room experience on this is and it was their first show mm -hmm. and it was a Zoom room. She was like, I just there's I don't want that. Yeah. So that's the thing where you so that just being on the show and been in the room and and know the culture of how a television show goes, that would let would let me know or pitching myself to someone, I would say, so so you don't have to like so so few so so be at ease at that. Mm -hmm. there, there won't there won't be the learning curve is nowhere near as steep for me as someone who's never done this because mm -hmm. I've done it. I just need to know how you like pitches, and he and or to, and then he or she be like, oh okay, well because mm -hmm. I don't have to teach you about the hierarchy, teach you about mm -hmm. blah, blah blah, teach you what story documents are, teach mm -hmm. you what what's required. I, I, I don't have to teach you all that, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have to do story areas on your show, or do you um, guys go straight to outline, or what do you? Get? We have to do them. Mm -hmm. Like, well, like mm -hmm. that's why last week I couldn't do it because mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of it we were like, "Hey, you guys ready to start on, on the, the like like my boss had pitched the episode to the network. They were like, we love it. Mm -hmm. Where's the story document? <laughs> and, and and but but the, 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 but those of us who were going to write the episode, two of us going to write the episode, we we're like, we made it right. Mm -hmm. And then my boss is like, just write it. 
because we, you know, and uh, we'll turn it in maybe. And so then, so I, so I, I just spent all last weekend writing a story document, okay. you know, as well as writing my scenes, <laughs> because he was like, because he's like, don't wait, we don't have time to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had to do that. But the, and the, and the thing is, is that was just comes just, with the job. It comes with the job, and it's like this. Also, the thing about that is this, right? It's but see, the, I asked to do that too. Mm-hmm. I asked to do it because we were like, well, doing a story document, and they, they were like, I guess we have to. And then they were going to ask the co-EP to do it. But I said, let me do it. And then just, and just let him revise it. Right. You know, because the thing that when you get those documents, like I remember. My, the other thing I always tell everybody, say yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or be asking right. for shit before, you, exactly. you know, because the thing that my boss was saying, so, so what I'm saying is these documents sell, they're sales documents. They're not just, here's the story. It's mm-hmm. like, here it is to sell it to them. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what you talk about in the room. For our show, they don't know the world. They know all this shit. So it's like, and at the same time, you don't tell them the story. Right. You tell them the emotions. This is the one thing that I think that most people don't get in what I have learned. It's a tricky thing. Can you give everybody an example of that? Okay, so for instance, <clears throat> we don't necessarily talk a lot about what's happening in a scene. Mm-hmm. Like we'll say, so okay, you're not plot. There is some plot, but the, mm-hmm. but but it's like boom, this big you know this big moment happens as a blow up, right. and it affects these characters this way, mm-hmm. and we'll explain out that e- a paragraph explaining out that emotion with the fallout of a scene was, okay. you know, and then we can jump to the next part, and here's the next. It's kind of like it's the it's only the big plot moves, and the rest is, is explaining how they're nav- how the characters are navigating it like emotionally, because. How many pages did your story area, by the way? Mine turned out to be seven. Seven pages? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the co P was like, this is really, really fucking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard it telling other, other people it was really good, you know. He's like, oh, you did a great job. You did a great job. Um, but because I was I was looking at his before, I was like, how is he doing this? What mm-hmm. is he doing? What's, what's the language that he's, like, right. what's the type of language? And I realized that it's like, and what what my boss was saying it was it was like and you realize this too is they don't understand plot hmm. like executives aren't story people right. so they don't get plot because it's not how they apprehend t- television or anything right. all they do is like, is they like like their metric is does this move me mm-hmm. if it doesn't move me it's not going to move the audience <laughs> so therefore it doesn't work or and the thing is, it might work plot wise, but you might have not written in a way that makes that makes them feel moved by it. Right. So then you got to rewrite it in a way that makes it so they move. If they they move, right. um, they're, they're, there's emotion from it. So that is the thing that 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 I learned about that. But that's where. That, but but see, that's all the things that you can talk about to in the in the, in the interviews that you know how to do. Mm-hmm. And they and and it'll make them feel at ease, make them go, oh well, I'm actually getting a steal. Right. I'm getting a guy at this rate, and he knows all this, right. you know. And that is like it's something I was talking to my buddy the other day about. Um, uh, you actually know him, uh, Dan Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, he we were calling. He just called me. I talked to him in a while, and he's, what are you doing? I was about the show, and he was like, and I told him how I got on, and he was like. And I was like, yeah, part of it was like, because like, I had to call in a favor mm-hmm. to make sure, I mean, you don't have to call in a favor, but you, but if you can call in a favor, use it. Use it. Yeah. But I said to him, I said, but you know, the thing is, is that the favors you call in, you got to be damn sure that the, the, the favor is going to work. 
you, you it's like can't be no long shot like hey you know i'm betting on secretariat no 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 no, no, no. put it all on five yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh. it's it, it's it's like hey i'm sitting on like right. i'm playing blackjack and i've got a 20 showing right. i need some money on this bet that's the bet he'll they'll put on mm-hmm. if i'm playing blackjack and i got like a you know a two and a three showing and i'm, I'm like what's the next card you know and, and put money down they're like you you might crap out you know what I'm saying like so I did that and he said that makes and the fact that you now are on it and back in second season that makes that makes him look good makes him feel good because because you because because you made him look good exactly and part of that was uh, and he said well what happened he he said because because he's like he's like you're like a good stock he you know bet on you when you were obscure, mm-hmm. and now you're 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 rocketing up. Yeah. So you think about it that way. The showrunner, the showrunner, look at you as you're an undervalued, high flying stock. Mm-hmm. You know. So how do you like pitch that to him the right way? Right. Because then he'll feel like, shit, this guy's actually worth co-producer money, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna get him at this, mm-hmm. and that would get you in the room. I mean, if you if you pitch them that way, they'll feel like, oh, I can't do better. You know, as opposed to, I got to pay him this and he's, I don't know if he can do it. Because it's the mm-hmm. trust thing. Yeah. At co-producer level, he might have to trust, he's thinking, I got to trust you to handle a whole script maybe that needs to be written today. Right. Or to go on a set and, and diffuse some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, he's never, and he's never done that with you. You know, and there's no, and he can't call anyone to say, hey, is Hilliard, what's Hilliard like, like turn the script on in a day kind of thing. Right. He can't do that. So, because they're going to do that. You know, if you have a damn... If you, again, that's what I said about being in the family. Mm-hmm. Who can I call? Right. Um, and that's, I mean, to but me. That, that's, that's the interesting thing because one of those people on that list that we were talking about offline, <clears throat> you know, I knew the showrunner and the executive. And I was like, and, my, and I said, hey, I know this person. And my agent's like, well, send him an email. I was like, okay, listen. And I was really clear. I was like, I've never asked this person for anything. So I got to be really specific like you said, about what I asked them. Now, you know, they got back to me. They didn't do what I wanted them to do, but they got back to me and, and in like two minutes, which was cool. Um, but it also goes to, God, I hate to say it, something about, you know, black folks. One day we're going to do that conversation, but <laughs> I'm just going to say it. You know what I mean? Just, I, it, it well, I mean, look, we'll, we'll do the conversation. Day, we'll do the conversation, but, but, but I think it has to do, Charles Murray, who was on the show a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, great episode, he had a very interesting tweet storm maybe two weeks ago. Right. And if you, have, and if you guys haven't seen it, I'll try to find it and link <clears> to it and put it in the show notes. But he was ranting about how white people are told now by their their managers mm-hmm. or representatives they were looking for a black person right they were looking for this uh someone who wasn't a white male or, or possibly a white female and therefore that's the that's the, why you haven't the, that, that's why you exactly, get a job exactly. and he was saying that's fucking bullshit. It's like because your reps don't know how to do their jobs. Mm. That's one thing. They don't know how to like sell you. But he also pointing out that it's like there's not enough black people in positions of power to hire. Right. And the thing is, the black people who are who have made a substantial, uh, who who made substantial names for themselves, they're so getting high positions like like in this, um, 
industry. Mm-hmm. They are very guarded, maybe, or what? They're very mm. yeah. They're very they're they're very guarded with the currency they've amassed, mm. and I don't feel like they are as liberal with handing it out the way someone white is because. You're asking someone black to vouch for someone else black, mm-hmm. and black people have a certain level of distrust am- amongst themselves about are you going to perform Facts. at a level that is representative of me? Right. And it, and if, and again, <clears throat> but the whole conversation about calling the favor, if they, and and if you don't perform, you have to exceed in performance. Than what they than what he was expecting in, in their mind, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't happen, then they feel like they've wasted the currency that they've built up. Yep. If you're white, you can gamble like that more liberally because there's white, more opportunity. There's for more it. opportunities, but 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 <clears throat> but white people see if I'm white and I say to someone else white, hey, hire this black person, that doesn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no like, oh my God, he fucked me, blah blah blah, right. because they know intrinsically. Hey, can you, you know, I'm vouching, but don't take, you know, but but don't hold me to it. Right. You know, it's a whole different, whole different design. But I feel like that's, but but that that's there's more to that. I want to say, but that's got to go to our. Well, here's the interesting our, our conversation. Thing. Yeah, on I understand. Here, here's the here's the interesting thing about that though, and you know the person I'm talking about is. The reason why I didn't take it so personally that they didn't actually just get on the phone and do whatever was because I know they've been burnt and you know who. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You feel me? So I was like, oh, they're being guarded by this thing. Because they could have easily done this thing, but the response was a positive response. It just wasn't what I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and But like I said, the reason why it didn't bother me as much is because I was like, had that not happened, maybe this would have been a different thing. But because that happened, they're probably watching all of these things like this. Right. And the thing is, that person, again, can't afford. No. They, they can't, can't afford it. Because no. the thing is this. It doesn't matter no, who you they're are. They're watching them now. <laughs> after yeah. that bullshit. It, it doesn't matter who you are if you're right. black. Mm-hmm. You're always in a precarious position. Correct. I mean, perhaps, maybe if you're Kenya Barris with your own fucking mm-hmm. network, then you know, then you're not. Right. Or Shonda with so much fucking shit. Mm-hmm. But most black people who who who, who we know, who the, who the audience doesn't have like, like like their name is is not spread throughout pop culture, they can't affect change the way they can. Mm-hmm. But they're very but they but but they have limited chips. Right. You know, there's a very interesting story. That Malcolm Spellman <laughs> says on his episode of The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Oh, such a great episode. Great episode. People yeah. haven't listened to it. You hear the one with Paris? I haven't heard that Dude, one. Dude, he talks all about directing. It's really good. I'll, I'll go to yeah. the, I'll go take a listen to right. it. But 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 Malcolm was telling Brian, because he and Brian have been friends for yeah. like twenty years. Mm-hmm. And he said that Brian was like, every time I come out to LA, mm-hmm. I'll go hang out with Malcolm. We yeah. have breakfast somewhere, the yeah. I have something like that. That's my part of my ritual out mm-hmm. here. And he was saying that there was a gist of the conversation where it was like that Brian heard all these stories from Malcolm about the racism and stuff like this, right. but it's like he couldn't believe it because white people who are liberal like that kind of don't believe racism exists in the way that it does. Mm-hmm. 
until he said he was telling a story when he was like, yeah, I remember the time that Malcolm, that we invited you to a party. Mm-hmm. It was like me and David Benioff and the other guys. It was, it was a bunch of these white guys that hang out with right. at some L.A. party. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm got stopped at the door and was ejected from the party. Yep. And that's when those guys are like, oh, because mm-hmm. they saw it. First hand. First hand. When it was like you came in with us on the list with us with the past right. and they still didn't let you in. Right. That is an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's when you know that it's like even with you with white people and you're mm-hmm. black, they still gonna like it, other people might eject you. Mm-hmm. There's other whites who might eject you. Now what what he didn't say is and I and it could have been true is it would have been whack is was the security yard black? Because that would have been some real shit. I was thinking the exact <laughs> but, same thing when but, I heard that. That's but, hilarious. But he would have said that it was the case. But uh, <laughs> but that's the point. It's like it's harder for black people. Like even when you reach kind of like a top tier. Because here's the thing too that I noticed. A lot of black people don't have respect for other black people's hustle. Mm. You know, or mm. like or the work that they do because mm-hmm. it's not because you know what it's not what they would do like it's very difficult to say hey that's intrinsically good mm-hmm. it's not what i would do but i still recognize it as good right. as opposed to i wouldn't do that so it's whack i, I see it with a lot of black people it's yeah. just it's just it's 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 some uh I'm, I'm not sure what that is it's like you know like is the, it systemic in its, its own way but you're not talking about <laughs> right. you know i'm talking about like hey yeah. hey that movie was x no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to Crap's like, in the hey, bucket. like, but and, and but also the reverse is true. Right. Some shit can't be criticized. Can't be right. criticized just because it's black. Just because it's black. Yes, right. And it, and and it, and it, and it might I can't not roll be, on that. I can't roll on and, that. And it, and it actually might not be yeah. that good, but it still yeah. can't criticize it. Right. So, so that I think is part of what the, I think this all this is part of the struggle that that you're going through, with coming back. Because if you think about it, and I know I'm not the only one. No, no, no. But, you know but think mean? about it, because it's yeah. like, but, th- but think about your show though. Mm-hmm. A white guy gave you your opportunity. Yep. You know, so you have to. Yep. I, I mean, I think if you look at most people who work, some of white have given the opportunity. And 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 I got to skip over the network and the you know the production company. I had to skip over all that. I just went straight to showrunners, and then you know it turned out Mick also was you know the showrunner. He's like, hey, have you met this guy Hilliard? <laughs> He's the punk rock dude. I mean, dude, you know whatever. And so there were all these things working for me. And to me, like to me, it was the perfect show for me to be on. In right. that first big experience right. like that, right. you know, of course, you know, I've done Go Ninety Network type of shit, you know, as a fucking Coe P, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but they don't care, <laughs> you know what I mean? They really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so, mean, go ahead. Because, because to me, that's the one thing about talking so, so my buddy who's a he's been a first city for like twenty years the other right. day, and he was like, "You do know that when you leave your show, the pedigree of your show." has got a lot of weight. Facts. Because everyone's like, oh, you're on that show? Facts. And I mean, and right now, I'm working on... You could be writing on a hit show and then you're like a celebrity. Yeah. Just be, you could be a staff writer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are like, ooh, he writes on that show, yeah. she writes on that show. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, the woman who was on... The woman who was on... Um, who got Blade. Oh, She was right. a staff writer on right. that show. Yeah. I mean, that was a hot show. Hot show. Hot, hot, hot. You know, yeah. Um, it's just like the like like there's there's that cachet too, mm-hmm. but it's like the cachet <laughs> of the show is fascinating because 
Damn, I was just thinking those are some big shoes to fit. <laughs> because that fucking script, dude. Every time, even when I'm like not feeling it, I pick pick up that original blade or a blade too. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I'm but sorry. but but it's the thing about it is is that it's like you you have to. It's like you know what's the cachet? It's like you were saying, Rafaelian. It's like the pivot you got to do, and the pivot yeah. is like like part of this is the thing that I realized too. I was trying to tell someone the other day. So much of it, it really isn't your writing, like because you're, you're writing. Here's the thing about it, and I don't mean that you gotta you can get away with crap. Is that you? Is that there might be five guys who write as well as you? Five mm-hmm. pe- five candidates, women mm-hmm. and men, you know, like and non-binaries who write as well as you. Right. So that <laughs> is not the deciding factor. Yeah. It's the other factor. It's like you know, again, can I be in the room with you? Mm-hmm. For ten hours a day, five days a week, for twenty weeks, right. can I do that? And do you bring something to the room that's a different point of view than what anyone else would bring to the room? And that is, I think, something that you have that you just have to kind of like think about: how do I take something from my past and spin it the right way? Like, and it's, I'm not saying that that you're not doing this because because you know how to do this really, really well. But just one of the things, again, to, to, to reiterate to you, it's like you just got to go, what's my sales point for this show, mm-hmm. for this showrunner? Because um, I think there's other shows that you yeah, can go up for. It's the point of view. And yeah. yeah. I think there's other shows you can go up for that are not, that, that you might think you aren't good for, but there's other things in your life that, that if you kind of, because that's the thing about me, it's like there was things in my life that like I took for granted mm-hmm. and other people had to point them out to me and go, that's really fucking cool, dude. I was like, is it? And I was like, well, it is. I just took it for granted. Mm. And then I'm at, so then I use that now, these other kind of things to kind of like push, you know, just, just even yesterday we were talking and like mm-hmm. we were talking about you know, we were talking about like where the word spook comes from, you know, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, it means spy. I was like, well, it doesn't always mean spy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, what? I was like, yeah, look it up. And um, and uh, it, it comes from a term the, that the, the, the Dutch used to call people uh, spook, uh, spookwaffe. Mm. At the end of World War Two, mm-hmm. which what which means like like spook in Dutch or yeah Dutch, is their word for like ghost apparition blah blah blah, and Waffe in it means weapon in German, mm-hmm. and I, and I said that in the room I said like, oh yeah Waffe means weapon, and they were like how do you know that I was like well because I lived in Germany for six months they were <laughs> like they were like when did you live in Germany <laughs> you know and it's like. He oh was, yeah, I forgot. Uh, brothers you know? be well traveled. Yeah, too, I, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. And, and, my, and my boss said, "Cause his dad is a spy, and he told me that from before." And blah, blah, blah. But I was like, well, I mean, you know, I, I can't, I can't confirm those things. Um, and I really can't. But you know, uh, it's it. But but that's what evidence looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's things like that that, like you know, again. I mean, it, it just look things you don't again. Some just not to do my own, but it's like we were talking the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, just we were saying yesterday, and there were and there's and the rises that were like Chris, but you know obscure things, and I was like, it's a benefit in the room. And and and, 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 and and I said there, I said, I said. I said, what's obscure about this? What's obscure about that? And I visited some movies, and, and they were like, do we need to answer? Do we need to answer that question? I was like. You know, but because because I don't think of it that way, right. so that's my point about to you is you got to it's it's, it's kind of like again like you got to take that forty thousand foot view of yourself and go what 
is about me that I'm like I don't even think about mm-hmm. anymore, but I know is unique, and mm-hmm. then figure out a way to just to be able to talk about that. Like depending on the show, because um, that because because that was my turning point. Once mm-hmm. I figure out to go, oh, things that I like because what I was trying to do is I was trying to like impress people, right, and with certain things, and I realized I didn't need to do that if I just told them things that were impressive that weren't impressive to me anymore mm-hmm. because you live with them for a long time. Right. You know, like I remember when I was hanging out with Carl Lewis, like, um, you know, like he had, he had those gold medals in his house right. up on, you know, the, they're above them. They're on the mantle and these really cool ass kind of display case and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn dude, what about this? And he was like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> It was a long time ago for him, though. But not a lot of people have gold medals from the Olympics. You know, not just one, but you have like six. Right. You know, but but, but he was so nonchalant about it that I realized that he was like, he doesn't really, yes, he knows that means a lot to what he does and everything like that, but he doesn't put the same value on it because he had, number one, he has six. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, like, by the time you get from two different Olympics, so mm-hmm. by the time you get to the secondary Olympics, you're kind of like, or three Olympics, so so you're kind of like it's not as impressive as you anymore. Right. And I think that is where a lot of us kind of they kind of mess up. Like, what's your boy's name? He was on the other day. Which one? Michael Gayo, Gayo, oh, whatever. Gallo, yeah. Like I remember reading his bio because I, 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 I want to be in an episode. But but the way he was kind of phrasing his bio, he was mm. like, "I'm from Haiti, but don't, but I can't tell you like." Like how we got there to New England or something like that. Right, right, right. He has some weird it had kind of personality. He has some personality like, yeah. that makes you go, oh, yeah. this, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was Which some, is kind of how you change yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And it was, and it was like, I mean, look, a lot of people we know are immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or their parents are immigrants, you know. And, and it's like, how do you like, like, you have to modulate that in a way that it sounds like I'm not bragging about this, but I want to tell you this because this is part of p- p- part of what I will bring to you. Right. Um. I mean, because it's look. I know that it's a it's it's a it's and also the thing that you have to worry about too is. Everyone always says the second job is harder to get than the first job. Facts. And every and and and, and motherfuckers hearing this are going what? Because it's <laughs> hard as fuck to get that first yep. job. Yep. And that is true. Yep. That is very fucking true. Um, and here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize, and we'll start to wrap this up. When you join the Writers Guild. And you start getting your points and you start getting your, you know, pension and health and all that. That shit only lasts for like four years, you know, before you start going into post current and all that other bullshit. You're fucked after that because it's really difficult. And the reason it's difficult is because once you are in the guild and you are not no longer, you know this by experience, and you are no longer considered actually current paying your dues type of a person. You lose a lot of fucking respect and you lose a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. that are at the guild. For example, um, when we had the, um, uh, what did we have that, well, for one, I'm forgetting what it's called, the, the staffing thing at the Writers Guild. Oh, um, the boot camp? No, no, the um, online, so you could submit yourself. The, oh, well, the. Um, Mama, I'm forgetting what it's called. Um, you oh, know what I'm talking about. Um, Oh, the, uh, the portal. The, the portal. portal, yeah. Portal. So we had this portal, for those of you who don't know, where you could it basically, like, here's the staffing grid. Here, This show's looking for this writer at this level, blah, 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 blah. And you could submit yourself through the guild. Well, if you were post-current, 
Motherfucker, you couldn't even submit. You know? We could do like... It once. came later, later from what yeah. I understand. Well, you're right. But you're by right. the time they opened it up to people who are post-current, thank God I'm not, it it was already gone. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I hear there's not even anything on there right now. You're like, it's like at that point, I haven't looked at it at all. But, well, I mean, it's not being used now because cause like after the ATA thing, right. it's kind of like, it's, not, it's got very limited value. But during that whole ATA thing, the launching of that portal, everything like that, I was post-current at the time. Right. And I was, and it was like, you know, I was remember talking to David Slack. I don't know how many times, like, dude, can you fucking do something about the post current thing? Because it's like it's not, you know, because like because mainly for me being post current was it was harder to get. It's hard to get a movie job, very hard to get a movie job mm-hmm. um, without an agent. I didn't have an agent, and I was like, and so now I want to go to television, but I'm stuck in a position where it's like I've I've I had waited at a point where it's like. The pivot to for me working in television was kind of like, sort of out of desperation. It's like I want to keep doing this, but I can't do it in the movies still, because mm-hmm. uh, because people don't know when you do these indie projects, those things typically don't uh, like those people aren't signatories a lot of times. So you might get some money, most you, of them, and, aren't. and you'll yes. live, right. but you won't be like accruing the stuff you need to be in the guild and to mm-hmm. get your all this kind of shit. And you know, it's so it's it's uh. Yeah, so it's, I mean, you know, I mean, but it's like, you know, I mean, to a degree, like you say to yourself, how do you get the job and then keep working? Because mm-hmm. p- parting and being able to keep working, again, is not just about your, it's about the strategy, it's about your samples, and it's about you. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people think that it's mainly about this, the work, and they'll and they'll leave all strategy to their reps. And it's like, really, no, it's, it's really like, you got to do all three. You got to monitor all three. Because even right now, I am, you know, I'm talking to my reps and we're and they, we're trying to go over the project. And they were like, well, you know, maybe we should get like a, a man, an agent on board because I just have a manager. And they sort of throwing some agents at me. And I was like, look, I don't want to be one of the top places. I don't want to be one of the smaller places. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, to us, it's all about, you know, like who the agent is. They can engage with you. Now, it doesn't matter the place. I was like, that's true. Mm-hmm. For I'd say a lot of it, but I know that like if I want to, I mean, it's, and that's but, be, but but you don't think that on the level you are and where you're going that having a higher agency right now will help you. I think it will. That's okay. what I want. Oh, I thought you said I don't want. No, 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 no. No, what they're saying is you should be cool with like a cap on Staller or like mm-hmm. an APA, and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know because what I know about almost everything is. Mm-hmm. Even though packaging is gone, mm-hmm. well, they, not yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, but they still want to package shows. Yeah. I mean, it was this big. They still show. have till like next year, I believe, right? Yeah, but, well, 20, like twenty twenty three. Right. But they, but the thing is, is that like there was a big show like uh, Stephen Knight wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like two, two, three weeks ago. <clears throat> Stephen, this went out and it didn't sell. Mm-hmm. It was Stephen Knight was a writer, was a big writer. You mm-hmm. know, I think I want to say uh, huge, huge feature writer. Um, Stephen Knight's describe on this has got Meryl Streep attached and Bradley Cooper attached. Wow. TV show doesn't sell. Doesn't sell. Doesn't sell. But here's the thing. It's like, how's he getting mm. Stephen, but how is that writer getting those actors packed on the show? It does, Probably it, has the same agent. Same agency. <laughs> exactly. So if you're at a smaller place, then you don't have the Fact. the opportunity to say, hey, can you see if someone's agent would be interested in this? Right. I think someone's would be cool for this. Mm. And also I tell him, I said, look, I want to be 
looking into directing. Mm -hmm. There's all these directors, there's, there's all these directors and showrunners are like, you can direct. We've seen your work. Yeah. We've seen your reel. You just got to know. You just got to like, like Carl was telling me, John Rogers was telling me, what you need to do now because you, he's like, if you if you make on a show, then you got to push in like March and April hmm. with the showrunners. Yeah. But before then, you got the current people got to know you. And it's like, so he's like, so spend this fall and early next year getting the current people to know you. See, see you real, take the meetings, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, and then hit him up again yeah. when, the, when the people are looking. Because I asked, like, um, Mark Guggenheim about trying to get on um, Batwoman. Mm -hmm. And he was, he's like, I never seen your work. I said to him, he was like, God, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. I'll make a call to so and so. Mm -hmm. He called me back the same day. She's got everyone staffed up for next season. You know, but I'm, but I'm calling in July, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to calling in March. April or March. But you're on his radar in that way, though, which I, is good. I am, right? but that's why the thing is... People I, still be calling him, hey, do you know... Exactly. Yeah. My thing is, I don't know... But the thing is, just, but the staffing grid. Right. Who's looking for a director right now? Who's looking for a director on... This could be a BET show. Could be like, like all these different shows. Someone's looking for something. Right. I mean, that's the Gino got on the bounce thing. Mm -hmm. Looking for a director. Looking for a director. Right. And I'd rather be at a place where they, you know, I'm just saying these other places don't, but it's like, I don't want to be at a place where the agency doesn't have the pull, mm -hmm. you know, this is, I'm sure they all cover shit, yeah. but I just don't, I just, the agent, the, I like, there's something about having the agency pull that can help you. Um, and Trust it, me. You know, and, and, and I mean, and you might not have the, the most engaged agent, but here's the thing, you know that you're doing a lot of the work anyway. You're doing the blind share of the work and you're just kind of keeping them aboard and saying, hey. I still get 95% of my meetings. Yeah. I get two or three of them a week. It's just me and Pamela or me by myself or Pamela gets something. We are always out there meeting people, hustling, whatever. It's going to be that way. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's going to be that way. So, and, 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 and the jobs we've gotten in this year, even alone, we got, and we just ran it through him and let him do the deal and get us a couple of thousand dollars more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. So it's, it's so it's it's it's, the, it's those three things that, that you as the writer have to work on, because you, you, you can't seed you can't seed <clears throat> control of your career to the to the rep. No, you know it's like it, I mean you won't we get, both know a lot of people yeah, who do. I mean like you yeah. won't get to where you are. I mean mm -hmm. like your rep can like your rep your rep can present you put you up for shit and and they might find you shit maybe here or there but most of what you're doing is like can you like even right now mm -hmm. there's a movie that I you know someone someone's saying about a movie that, that they that they might be interested in mm -hmm. I was like I know that subject better than anybody mm -hmm. I was actually gonna write that same story before I got on I just yeah. didn't I couldn't cause I got in the show I was like can you call these people up and get me read right and then, you know, they were like, well, we'll talk with them, and, and, and they're not, they're getting ready to, to, not, to, something about, like, they're not looking to, to, they're getting ready to start hearing pitches. They don't necessarily look at new writers. But I said, tell them this, 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 and this is about me. Right. And then she was like, okay, they'll read your work. Mm. And then on Thursday, they were like, they want to meet with me. So that's about, like you said, how, how that's why anytime something comes up, I go, here's what you should say about me. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got to prep you, you, Yeah. Because yeah. like, again, it's just like I tell you about me pitching myself. It's like, what is about my life that, you know, because your rep can't know everything about you. No. And there's some, something that you have a big passion about that, that, you know, that doesn't come up with anything else. Oh, someone's doing a movie on that. I know all about that shit. Mm -hmm. I know more about it than anyone who, 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 who I know is up for knows. Because mm -hmm. I, I know that. 
Um, mainly because I was going to do the script. <laughs> you know, I mean, they sent me the materials. I was like, I got all this and right. more. Right. I got shit in the original because this, this French thing. I was like, I got shit in the French mm. that I've read and know. Do they know? Because they don't know French. So it was like, <laughs> I know what the fuck this is. Um, and it's just like, so that's, like again, all this is about you. Again, but, oh, uh, but no, but saying, just again, just like, but you, it's like, you, what are you doing for, I'm not saying you, but saying in general, no, one is like, what are you doing to 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 position yourself? Because of that's that that's what that's one of the things that you can't control, and being able to control things is is the thing that keeps your anxiety down, um, and because you feel like you're do, you feel you're actually doing something, you can actually well, the, like shift something. What's happened though is I realized, and you know this, before I got on my previous show, I was kind of in the same state that I'm in now, minus. I'm developing shows for some big producers. I wasn't necessarily doing that for all those people. <clears throat> but what's going on now is um, I'm back in the same situation where the showrunners who know me, because I'm working on some project with such and such a producer, and they've heard it or know it, so they think I'm doing the same thing they're doing. So I'm back at that same issue yeah, well, where I have to remind them you gotta, you gotta, this is this is a development thing that's been going on for a year we haven't sold it you know whatever the fuck so that's what's been happening with all these calls that's why I say it's been interesting because I have to kind of go like oh I thought you were well, <laughs> you no, know what I mean because the, <clears throat> the thing is is that uh, this is the thing about this business too that everyone's got to kind of get a sense of it's perception all perception and the, and the perception could be wrong about you, could be right about you, or it could be, it, it, it could like, it could be overly rosy, it could be overly dark. Right. And it's up to you, you know, as the writer, as the creative who's in charge of your career, how do I control the narrative about me? Right. And that might be just like re-reminding re, like re people, just re-reminding people. I mean, it's just like the other day, just yesterday, I reached out to your boy Selwyn about something mm -hmm. because he mentioned something and I was like, about three months ago on Twitter, and I did, and it didn't mean anything to me. But then I was talking with someone about my my, my tattoo project, mm -hmm. and they were like, "Who do you want to get for this? Like, don't like just like you know, don't hold back." Right. And I was like, "Oh, well, this guy's this actor mm -hmm. could be cool in this role." Right. Um, and someone knows him. Mm -hmm. I was reading to someone about something else. You know, dap him about some other things and if he gets back to me I, I just want to be able to be in his radar so if I call him in like a week or two and say hey dude I want to talk to you about this because I'm mm -hmm. doing this I'm not it's, it's it, like he's thought about me like in the last two or three weeks as opposed to it's been yeah, you didn't put the ask in now yeah you started the, the yeah. conversation so about the nation, hey, it's Got about it. me like hey hey because yeah. I've talked <laughs> to him I, I, just, I haven't talked to him right. since I got this job mm -hmm. so it's been nine months yeah um, but in nine months like your your whole life could change in this business and no one would know because just like my show, I can't tell anybody. Exactly, exactly. You know? So, and like, I know he just sold a new movie. Yeah, you know that he'd been working on for a while, and finally, you know, he, he could announce it. Went out and pitched it, you know, and well, that's boom. The, it's the thing because he had the, he had the thing online. <laughs> that was a great pitch. I told him to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, dude, you need to be telling people how good of a fucking pitcher you are. Just go through and describe what it is you do, and blah blah blah, and shit went viral. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised. No, he's one no, of the best pitchers I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, he said something <clears> I think, that I thought was fascinating. He said that he hasn't gone up for he hasn't gotten every job he's gone up for, mm -hmm. but he said he sees he sold like ninety percent of the of things yep. he's pitched, and that doesn't mean that those things have gotten on the air or anything yep. like that. But he's gotten paid yep. to write it, all, all that shit. Yep. 
you know, and but he was saying in there, it's just people should maybe I'll see if I can link that in the show notes too. Trying to find that thing, but it's like there's gold. If I drop this on Monday, you think you could put that together or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I need to move the other one I was going to do this week anyway. So okay, yeah. um, It's just, uh, but it's like you know, but see, but he was saying and the thing too, he was like, always work on your craft, you know, like you know, like be good in the room and be good on the page. But my thing is, again, it's like be good in the room, be on the page, and be good at selling yourself right. because he made the point about, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's like you're not going to probably get things. Like most things that you try to sell, you're not going to sell, but you'll get fans. You know, I remember, I remember building. Yeah, that's right. what's happened recently. We've been pitching a lot. Well, not a lot, but, you know, maybe like once or twice a month. And. You know, we haven't sold them yet. We have, you know, a couple big networks looking at stuff going, hey, let me look at that again. So, I mean, that's, those, we're not out of the loop. Um, but two of them are like, hey, we ended up soft pitching something else. So, like, we want to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, that's mean, been, I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, like, I remember <clears> Billy Ray said this all the time. Like, Billy Ray said, your, your goal in a pitching, and you pitch anything, is to make a fan. Right. Because that's the thing you can control. You can't control if they're going to buy it. You can't control right. if they're going to like it. Right. You know, for a lot of things. I mean, they might have a good, it's always just, they, they, <laughs> like, if someone's having a bad day and shit like that, you know, and, and then that's just, I ain't buying shit today. I don't care what the fuck it is, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you still go in there and, like, make them feel good to the day. Oh, I love this guy. I love this girl. She came in and she made me feel great for this, even though I'm having a shitty day or a yeah. shitty week. They made me feel good. Right. And that will lead to other work for you, Absolutely. you know. And that's what, again, that's what you can control. Not, you know, I'm saying this to everybody, mm-hmm. but it's like this one can control. And that just goes to everything what we were talking about, like like all the work and about like what you're doing for your job, this job search, because a lot of it could be, I mean, this is the thing that, I, that, that like, that, that I find interesting. I've heard people say to me, they've been, Recently, they've been looking for the last year or so looking for jobs, and they're told by the showrunner, "Can't afford. I can't afford you." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a lie. Hmm. I honestly think it's a lie. <laughs> I was about to say I know it's a lie, and the only reason is now, mind you, if you come in at Coep, you probably can't afford somebody. Well, I'm saying uh, I'm, 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 people who staff writers, right. people who are staff writers, I can't afford you, right? Um, or I can't afford you to give you the bump. You want to go up to story right. editor? That's a lie to me. It's a total lie because that the money differential between story editor to, to give you the bump to story editor from staff writer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a difference for sure. It's it's a it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money in the grand no. scheme of things on the show and no. the show's budget. It's not like you're gonna be breaking anything. No, you'll be breaking nothing. And also watching the way shit goes, they're like, you know what? We gotta like do a bottle now, or we gotta do two bottles because yep. we wanna do X. They can move money around and easily. Just, just blah blah blah. I think when they tell you that they can't afford you is. I can't afford you to have my room because 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 I, I don't think your personality is going to fit. But they can't tell you that, mm-hmm. so they got to have these like these 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 that's a very good point. These languages, yeah. blah, blah blah blah. I mean, sure. Hey, if you're coming to Coep and I'm paying you what twenty five k a week or some shit like mm-hmm. that, that's a little different than if I'm staff writer right. or even staff writer story editor. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. Huge difference. You know, huge difference. And I got to give you a script. 
Because you're not going to be on your show as a co-EP no. and, and, and not going to no. script. You'll be fucking right. mad. And, then, and, and tell them you got to share it with somebody lower level. Yeah. You're going to be pissed. You'll be mad as fuck. <laughs> um, really exactly. bad. So, <laughs> I've so, seen that. Yeah. So, uh, But th- that, to me, goes back to you know, like you working on you. Right. And you needed again, everybody, you know, like you need to be able to like m- make sure that like you're the most attractive person that they want. That's what's up. On that note, great episode, man. That was cool. Um, thank you, Chris. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you too. It's yeah, been man. It's been a minute. It's been a, it's been a long time. Look, since I left you, God, I was, 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 was the last one I was on when we did fucking Charles Murray? I think so, yeah. God, been, over a month ago. Yeah, over a month ago. That's all good. I was gone probably two weeks out of that time anyway. Um, anyway, you guys, uh, you know how we do it on a rant room. <laughs> we appreciate everybody out there. Um, you can find me. Uh, where you at, Chris? I am at Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Um, CBD, y'all know what that means. He's smoking yes. all that stuff. You know how he does all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, though. Real quick. Real quick. Um, guess what? What's up? I want to give a shout out to uh, Gayle Bostin. She's supporting the show. Nice. Appreciate it, Gayle. So I just, I just want to give you a shout out. I probably mispronounced. I probably mispronounced your name, but it's G A E L L E Bast, and then Bastine is B A S T I N E. Sounds is that French? What is it? Sounds like it's French. Totally mm-hmm. French. I mean, I'm not sure where you're from, but okay. I. But we appreciate you. Yes, we do. For uh, supporting the show. And just want to give you a shout out and for everyone else who supports the show uh, on a monthly basis through the Patreon or through the Anchor link. We just want to uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Special shout out to Anwar who's always yeah, Anwar helping us out. always pumping us up. <coughs> awesome. uh, oh, who's your boy? Which uh, one? I'm gonna do Diallo. I'm gonna do Diallo. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. got that. He just got on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to him. Uh, AMC me. show too. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, again, so CBD or unauthorized CBD, Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's what's up. That's what's up. <clears throat> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Uh, screenwriters are, are also um, also on Clubhouse. That motherfucker um, <laughs> at Hilliard Guest. You guys can uh, find us or send us an email. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. We're everywhere. Um, please give us a five-star review. We really need that for the metrics. And again, what else, Chris? Um, <laughs> so go to our Patreon page. Um, oh, I'm actually I'm, I'm redoing that this weekend, the, okay. the, the, the website. The website, screenwritersrr.com. Dope. It'll be up uh, by the time this drops. Uh, it won't be fully like operational, but 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 you can uh, but but you can go to the you can go to the site now. You can support the show now, and the and and the shop will be partially up. But uh, but that's but but it's all been revamped, new web hosts and everything through nice. Squarespace. Um, yeah, so awesome. that's that's it. Yeah, because I want to start seeing folks in their t-shirts, t-shirts and, and you know blasting and shit like that. That'd be really nice. Um, let me see, lots of shit going on though, but I'm. The cool thing out of all that, though, Chris, I'm feeling optimistic. You know what I mean? That's oh, it's got to feel optimistic. Optimistic is actually, I think, a good place to be. So with that, joining with me, you know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Peace, y'all. Have a great Labor Day. I'm going to say what I feel. 
And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.